Today's chat is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com FFC. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, this is a great alternative for keeping up with the monthly Focus Fire book club. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 101 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on September 15th, 2017, over on twitch.tv slash Focus Fire Chat. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Justin had to take the night off due to a last minute change in schedule, so be sure to send him some snick love over on Twitter at JustinSane0516. <laughs> and also be sure to let Mel know we miss her over on Twitter at The Wind of the Stars. She had to work tonight, so uh, we're gonna, we promised that we would try to not have too much fun. But from the depths of the madness-inducing mind maps, we are joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, hope you're doing well. You looking forward to tonight's two-person chat? Yeah, we've done. We did a chat just right before this, and we're doing a chat now, and it's going to be great. Oh yes, and sorry, in live chat, yes, we are bombarding Justin with gifts. Oh, yeah, definitely it, go after it. It doesn't all. have to be tonight. It can be at any point in time. So, so just, when you listen to this, just hashtag just do it. it. Just do it. Hash, how should we hashtag this? We should hashtag it so he knows Snake it's love. tonight. FFC Snake, Snake love. love. Snake Love. S-N-E-K Love. You can spell it however you want. But yes, just bombard him. So, all right, let's let's run through the intro real quick, of course, and then we'll get right into it. The topic of today's chat is going to be a look at some of our first impressions of Destiny 2. Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we got to hear our favorite memories of the first hundred episodes of this crazy adventure. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out the new www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out in the internets, and a growing collection of community articles. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing, as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and fall runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chats for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian 1, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny 1, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. We'll be taking next week off due to my being out of town for some business, but be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topic y'all are wanting to dig into first. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter or within our Discord server. For now, though, 
let's chat about our thoughts and our first initial reactions to Destiny 2. All right. So, what kind of things do we think we're going to get into on this one? All the, All the things? things. All the things. All the things. All I don't even things. know. Okay. I don't even know what we're going to talk about because I haven't finished the campaign. But uh-huh. we will talk about it. Okay. Well, I finished the campaigns, and I'm working on all the side quests now, so I think I think we're okay. Okay. Cool. And I'm sure chat will let us fill in in you know any any spots that we we get wrong. They usually are pretty oh, good yeah. about that. Oh yeah. Or missing. There's yeah. lots of things. There's lots of things. All the things. All the things. So, okay. I want to say, first off the bat, that as far as the lore in the game, I do miss the grimoire just because of the accessibility of it and how, and that sounds really funny, but uh, how easy it was to look up things that you didn't necessarily run into. But I am happy about the type of stuff that they have put in game. So I would say as far as whether or not I gave it like a grade for Bungie, I would give Bungie a good solid A, not quite an A plus, because I would love to have it out of game too, but that's what our Gunters are for. What do you think as far as lore I think, in game or out of game? I think... Uh, <laughs> It it cracks me up because I I had written all this stuff down um, on my notes and then Bife actually put it out in a video. So I'm going to feel like Mm – I feel like I'm actually copying everything Bife said, but I'm not, but I kind of am. He made a (laughs) – he he, he gave – well, yeah. He said it first, so I'll give him him kudos for getting things out faster than I can – do because that but anyways um he said that you know and i and i really really think i agree with everything he said in this video and i think the the biggest complaint that i have which to put it in perspective is not a big complaint um is kind of what you're saying i i actually think that they they missed an opportunity to really kind of present a really well-rounded picture um Mm -hmm. because what what I think is that this is an amazing move in and it's it, it's a great move in the right direction from a PVE standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. Most of most of the people who have been around know that PVE is pretty much how it, it's going to be my bread and butter. Like that is what keeps me interested in a game. That's what keeps me going. Um, and it's not just story. Like by no means is it just story. It, it, it's mechanics. Like. The mechanics right. need to be really well done. Um, that's I'm a huge RPG player, and I, I got to be honest. Like the, half the reason I'm not done with a campaign is because I keep getting sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really bad about like so. So most of you know I I'm a huge Skyrim fan. I played the game for close to about 1500 hours before I even finished the campaign in Skyrim because it's an open world <laughs> right it's like I, I i finished the first mission in skyrim and then i was like oh look a bear and that just it just was downhill from there um mm-hmm. and so and it was kind of like it, it was kind of like that for for me with with destiny 2 like i i finished the the primary mission the, the mission basically that you unlocked the edz and right. like i landed and 
And the very first thing I saw was the little rainbows for the Lost Sector. Now, and, and I knew going in that the Lost Sectors were going to be a huge kind of draw for me. I, I thought that was like, I, it's just an awesome idea. Absolutely love it. Um, absolutely love it. And it did not, it didn't fail. Like it, I, I, I'm blown away with just like, it, it's not a hundred percent seamless. I'm not expecting it to be a hundred percent seamless, mm-hmm. but like the, the, the sense of I can mark the main mission so that I'm working my way towards that main mission. But at the same time I can hit patrols, I can hit, you know, public events, I can hit all these things in the same instance it makes me feel like I'm actually involved in the world, like from a PVEN standpoint, you know, it definitely feels more like a real MMO rather than spawning in for specific missions. I mean, you kind of still get that a little bit once you do your quest. I mean, you kind of do, but at the same time, like the, the thing for me is that like, I can, um, I can spawn into, well, my biggest complaint with destiny from a PVE standpoint, from a player standpoint, was that, like, in order for me to do patrols, let's say, I had to specifically load in on right. a patrol instance. Whereas if I was doing a um, a, a mission or a, a bounty, well, even bounties, I guess, for patrols technically, but, like, story missions, it was a completely 100% separate instance really right. i mean there were there were some bleed over but for the most part it was a separate instance and i i always kind of had like it, it was very siloed feeling and um this just doesn't have that like I, I don't i feel like everything is the same thing like you know um I, I just I, I love it. I, I really, really from a from a mechanic standpoint, I'm I'm in absolute love with it. It's it's everything that I I appreciate in a PVE game uh, mm-hmm. from a mechanic standpoint, and it's a first person shooter, which you know I'm I'm a huge fan of that to begin with. Um, I, I think it really is the best of both worlds. Now that being said, um, could there be some tweaks? Yes. Um, one, oh, of my, yeah. one of my biggest things, you know, from I, I again, coming from Skyrim, um, I, I don't like the fact that like I can't place an arbitrary marker on my map, which seems really weird. But like I kind of want to be able to be like if I open up my map and I see that there's a lost sector across the way or a region's chest, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could place like a, a just like a, a freestanding way marker. Um, just because to me, that's just the quality of life thing that I'm used to from RPGs. Uh, I did that a lot in Skyrim. Like, you know, this, you know, this general area is going to have X and so you need to be there, but you don't want to con like, it's just, it's annoying to have to constantly open up your map and bounce back and forth. Um, the other, and I could, I could see them actually adding that later. Oh yeah. 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 No, no. And, And that's the thing is like these, these next few things I totally could see being added later on. Um, the other big thing, and this is one of the things that Bife was saying as well, is that, so like if we go into our menu and for chat, uh, for stream, I'm going to go in there. So like we go in and we see our clan right here, right? Um, Mm -hmm. when you're in your character, you have your inventory and all that. Um, I think it would be really cool if beyond the clan tab, 
there was a lore archive of some kind um or just a, a like a grimoire in game like you don't i mean i i i can see maybe not wanting to use that word because of the connotations or whatever i don't really have a problem with it but i can see people having like negative feelings but like one of the things that um i really really actually kind of when i was when i was in the lull of destiny when i wasn't really playing destiny between that and destiny 2 i picked up um shadows of mordor and because mm-hmm. it was it was a game for gold or no it was i don't know i can't gold. remember if it was a game for it, gold or if it was like two bucks it was it was one or the other it was a really che- if it wasn't the one of the free ones it was a really cheap one mm-hmm. um i think it was a free one but anyways one of the things that blew me away with that game was um first off it's an amazing game so if you haven't played it i really suggest going and play it but the cool thing about it is the way they handle the information that they provide you in game they have like a rotating, basically it's like a Rolodex of like concept art and then you can hit like a trigger and it'll actually flip the concept art card and it has like just a like page or two of just information that you can read on that particular thing. And it's Is got it its like segment. Is it like screens or? No, 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 no. It's all in your, it's, it's, it's completely 100% accessible whenever you want. And so like you hit start and it's like you... I'm trying to remember you hit start and you have either the, um, the, so like shadows of Mordor, you have to like, it's, it's a, it's an evolving world basically. Uh, so basically everything you do actually has effects on the, on the world. And so like one of the things is you can target, um, you can target captains of the, the dark army basically. Um, and as you kill the captains, either new ones get promoted or they, that that position remains open so that you can take over the army in other different ways. Um, and one of the things is like, so you have a screen where you can basically target a specific thing or a specific general, and then that will affect your map and tell you like where he is or what, like you can do research on them and all this. It's, it's a really kind of a assassin's creed esque type concept. Um, but then on the flip side of it is like, so you have the, like the mechanics menu, and then it has like this other tab where it's like basically it's just information. I mean, it's just information. That's all it is. And you mm-hmm. can scroll through different. Um, they have different headings, you know, and different stuff. Um, but like, I just I I I started playing with it, and I was just like, this is an amazing way to present information because it's all there. And if you don't want to read it, okay, cool. Like it, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt you to to not read it. I mean, all the because ga- like the game itself is very detailed and the story and all that. And but this is like, I mean, they had like a three page basically dissertation on the different types of plant life in Middle Earth, nice. and like it was just like it, it was just really, really kind of. I mean, it was really fascinating Granted. stuff. Granted, they have a huge oh thing yeah to yeah from. I mean, yeah right right like right right. I mean nothing. Granted, granted, but I mean, for I mean, but they had some information that I don't remember. Right? But regardless, it, the the mechanics of the presentation though was what I was mm-hmm. like. I was like, this would be amazing in Destiny Two if they wanted to take the grimoire from Destiny One and just dump it in the game. They don't even right. have to do anything. Like if they well, wanted they to have did. some, if they had, kinda if they wanted did. someone, well, no, well, they kind of did, but I mean, like, I mean take the actual card and put it in a menu. So like uh-huh. you can, you can go into your menu and you can just like 
go through the cards and you know they don't even have to reorganize because the problem now is like it's not even on bungie.net like you can't right if ishtar didn't exist we wouldn't have access to it um that's my that's my only big beef i think i have and like i said in hindsight not a big beef like i'm it, the game is in, in my so far from what i've seen is amazingly fun smooth to play um i love the presentation from pve i continuously hate pvp but that's nothing new um like i'm not even going to touch pvp because i just i'm not a i'm not a destiny pvp player right which i never have been so that's not like a dig that's just me being realistic about my approach to pvp um but like pve it's just i i i'm in love with it i, I love it it's it's amazing See, one of the things I thought that they did, I got really excited about, and I've only seen it in one mission so far. I played Fable a lot when Fable was kind of a thing. And Fable had the mechanic of good versus, like, good choice versus not so nice choice. They have a mission. There's an adventure that does that. Where it gives you the choice to either oh yeah 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 slightly the, kind or not kind. I captain. was yeah well yeah, yeah I think that, that may have been the name of the mission, but it's the one where you're. Where well, you I mean, I'm sorry. That, it's it's cabal. like yeah, it's like the captain. No, I'm thinking there's a mission apparently where you can choose to save a captain or a knight. I, I don't guess. remember that one. That might be a different one, but there's because I remember a lot of people talking about it, and it's like you can save the fallen captain from the hive knight or you can kill both of them or you can just kill the knight or something. Mm -hmm. There is something like that too. But the one that I was thinking about is you learn about how cabal there, that oozy stuff that comes out of there. Oh, that's right. I remember you saying, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you learn in that one that it's like jet fuel and you have two options. You're given the option to either explode the canisters, which is the one that I think Sloan suggests that you do, mm-hmm. or you have the option of rigging it to blow up when they use it, <laughs> which is the option that Asher Mur Mir Mur mm-hmm. Asher Mur Jerkface, who is somebody who really annoys the <laughs> me. Um, He's just obnoxious. He's like <laughs> Mr. Mr. I'm going to mansplain everything at you, but it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a guy because you are just <laughs> going to get talked at the entire time and you are not smarter than I am, even though I'm really not right most of the time. It's like, dear God, he's gonna, shut up. He's going to he's going to lore splain it. I don't like him. <laughs> just not at all. I don't like him. I don't know if I will ever like him. He is like what I imagined Rahul was when he was younger. <laughs> Fair enough. Just, but in that mission, so I picked Asher's choice because I thought it was funny. And you literally see at the end of the mission, um, the ships fly in and you see them blow up because of the rocket fuel being like messed with. Mm-hmm. Because he programmed it to do that, oh, and I God. thought that was really cool. So, like, you actually have a choice. Like, you actually can change the ending of the yeah the mission. No, that's I, pretty cool. I, yeah, I don't know how much it would change as far as the the lines being said, because there really wasn't a whole lot after you decide. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm interested to go back and play it again on the second character. And I would like to see more of that. I'd like to see there be different choices. Well, and it's, it's also, I think, you know, that's kind of a possibility with the DLCs that we're seeing coming, um, you know, and the story kind of that potentially could be behind that. I can right. see that being more of a, more of a thing. Um, I know with like, that reminds me a lot of, you know, fallout where mm-hmm. you could, you could be a good character or a bad character, or, you know, whatever. Um, Oh yeah. That reminds me a lot of that one. But, um, I, I wanted, I don't know. We did, we did get a dispatch. Do you want to do dispatches first or do you want me to, do you want to run through a few more of our thoughts? Let's do dispatches and then that'll give us kind of a jumping off point in case they have something we want to talk about. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's run through those real quick. Dispatches from the wilds. All right. Well, we got a ditch patch. Dispatch. Wow, I cannot talk. <laughs> Ditpatch. Ditpatch. Um, pins pins sent us in a dispatch, and I really I really like it. Uh, it's it's a longer one, but he says, "Hi all. I was a bit cautious of my expectations of Destiny Two as I was unsure what it would be like. It sure seemed like some type of reboot, and while I had reservations, I wanted to give it as fair a shake as possible." While not perfect, I will say that after playing campaign and now in the world-exploring part of the game, I am pretty pleased with what Bungie has done. I'm still not sure about the PvP in Destiny 2 now. I have played it a bit for the Shaxx quest, and it just feels off for me. It may be that it's a totally new setup, and I just need time to get used to it, so I'm holding off final judgment on that. The removal of heavy machine guns is another thing I have found to be annoying. I cannot think of a legitimate reason for their removal, except they may have had an impact in PvP. You could go on really long kill streaks if you were good. And if true, I find that to be a very poor excuse. The last, the last complaint is how our Guardian still does not speak. I know Bungie has a history of wanting their protagonists to be more shells that have little or no personality with the goal of us imprinting our personality on them. I also know that there is a business reason for this, as the initial voice actors hired in year one would have cost quite a bit to reprise their roles, not to mention the voice actor strike still going on. Even with all that, I feel no real connection to my guardian at all, and less than I would would expect the NPCs we interact with. I will freely admit that all this stems from Halo and how I became emotionally invested in Chief and Cortana because of their discussions and interactions. And the facial expressions, which are done so well done, seem to emphasize this lack of connection more than minimize it. The biggest example of this I can think of is when we get the signal booster to Hawthorne and hears of all his transmission. The lack of a verbal response on our part takes away from the impact of that scene. But even though I may feel strongly about what I dislike, it really does not take away from my overall amazement of what we have we have now. The graphics are amazing in the diverse natures of Earth, Io, Titan, and Nessus. Little things like old pictures hanging on walls in the ruins of building give the feeling of a world that was lived in before it moved on. Nice. I like I like that nod. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The number of justifying adventures, lost sectors, and the immense size of the maps lead to needing more time to see and do everything. Game mechanics like fast travel and not having to always go to orbit keep you immersed in the world and make it a continuous stream of action, where in D1 it seemed more like a series of steps you checked off as you went. And of course the story is amazing. Losing your light and struggling without it. Meeting new allies in Hawthorne and Devrim. Getting the band back together with Zavala, Kate, and Ikora. 
everyone, guardians and civilians alike, for one of the final push to beat Gaul in that where you could feel the desperation. All of it was told so very well. Tanks, enough said. Um, oh, the voice acting lines are amazing as well. Failsafe interactions with your ghost and the Cade, the Cade Six, as well as herself, <laughs> are hilarious. I love that. Are hilarious. When speaking to Zavala, Cade... And Ikora, when you are looking to get them back together, you can hear the conflict and emotion that each carry, as well as the respect that you knew was there but never heard between Zavala and Kate. You have the interactions between Devram and Hawthorne that are like a favorite uncle chiding his niece that bring a smile to my face when they banter back and forth. And of course, finding out why Cade isn't allowed out of the tower. The, <laughs> the biggest thing for me, though, was the closer connection between Guardians and those that they protect. This only hit home after completing the campaign. In Destiny 1, there were a few civilians in the tower, but it didn't feel like home. It was beautiful, but in a museum painting on the wall kind of way. It was a bit stark and sterile. In Destiny 2, however, it has the beauty that only comes from living in the world. All the civilians and shops give an energy that was not in the tower at all before. You actually want to wander around and listen to what everyone is saying. Then there is the Vanguard. They are no longer isolated in the command center together, but are out among the people and guardians in the tower. It gives the impression of a connection solidified through everyone working together to beat Gaul. It is that feeling of life, of hope, that is my favorite part of Destiny 2. Pins. There's a lot to break down on that one. But I I would say I agree with most of what he said, for sure. As far as, like, the weapon play... I do miss heavy machine guns because I used to do machine gun streaks in PvP. Because mm-hmm. I, you were I'm one not, of those. I was, I was, I especially on Twilight Gap. I would get one of those, and I would just, I knew where people were going to funnel through, so I would just, <laughs> just wait, stand back and wait, because that was the best way to get kills at that time. But gunplay feels pretty good. There are some weird ones. Like some, I feel better about auto rifles than I have in a long time. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm actually, I actually don't mind having auto rifles. Mm-hmm. There's the, what is it? The light machine gun, the submachine gun. I'm not sure if I like those yet, but they're, they're growing the sub, on me. Yeah. Submachine guns I found are there. They remind me a lot of the old auto rifles. Mm-hmm. They're a little so, hard to control and yeah, they, they like to wander. When you're firing. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I can't even use it. Like, I play mid-range, mid to long range in most of my missions. And if I can't aim to, like, fire on you, there's no point in me using you. (laughs) Just going to say that. Sidearms are interesting, like the triple tap sidearms. Oh, my gosh. I was telling you about that Amalon one that you start off Mm -hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I I was like, this is this is like, oh, it was amazing. Which is funny coming from me because I hated sidearms in Destiny. I still like them. Um, the other thing that I would say that he talked about with the community, not community, but like the fact that we're connected to the city now. I think that was part of the whole story is the fact that we've ignored the city because we're guardians and that's Hawthorne's whole point is that, yeah, you may be guardians and can be re revived and stuff like that, but we've survived just fine without you in certain places. Like we are viable too. 
And I like how they pull that in there to make them a fierce character. Mm-hmm. I do. I do like her, her dig at Ikora in the campaign. Mm-hmm. Cause she was like, I think Ikora was like, this isn't your fight. And Hawthorne was like really fast on being like, she didn't quite get in her face, but I mean, it was like, you could feel like her kind of like bristle. And she's like, what do you mean? It's not our fight. Like it right. was just kind of like, I love that, that she didn't really back down. She's like, you know, without your light, you're just one of us. And it's mm-hmm. like, and you could see the kind of slap in the face that that was for Ikora oh. at least was, I mean, and rightfully so it was, I thought I was like, ah, oh, you said that. Why did you say that? Right. Well, and just the fact that we talked about before D2 dropped, how Zavala had that existential crisis of mm-hmm. like, what am I now? I'm, I, if I'm not a guardian because I don't have the revivability, am I still a guardian in any way. Yeah. And I, I, I think they, not? I think they did an amazing job capturing that with Ikora. Mm-hmm. Man, I, didn't, she... I didn't, I didn't get like that. St- I mean, like I saw it with Zavala, but man, Ikora's presentation was just mm-hmm. like, I mean, sh- it just, it just was, I, I, that was the one that more than anything, I was like, that is a person who had literally everything just ripped away. Well, with Ikora too, it's her belief in the Traveler. She, of all the people, she was most devoted to the Traveler of the Three Vanguard. Yeah. By far. Now, Zavala was devoted to the people, and that comes across in Homecoming, but it was Ikora who wanted to go and cat get like the get the speaker out, and she was the one who was most upset about losing the speaker. Cade's just around. He's My cotton socks. Things. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> I see why some Kate the, is not allowed out of the tower. He's got some of the best lines, though. Him and failsafe. Like I love how fi- half of failsafe's missions are like. This is why the Cade Six is not allowed to do these things. This is this is you the are your objective model. is to fix all. Yeah, this is your objective is to fix the issues that the Cade model creates. It's like, okay, that is pretty accurate. But <laughs> come on. <laughs> Poor Cade. I love the the interaction with the campaign mission um when you're when you're trying to rescue Cade and like your ghost is like <laughs> your ghost is like, go away. Like go go away. Mm-hmm. I see, yeah, Pins, I see you met Failsafe and her evil twin. i am interested to know how they're going to develop her story more because i've gone through like the captain mission which was so sad that made me so sad for her oh for failsafe yeah i haven't uh i haven't gotten that one oh god it's that one's kind of a tearjerker and also kind of a pain in the butt because bungie has gotten really good about putting a lot of the mission points really really high up on the map to where you have to jump and you have to platform to get to them. you know so like, they, they just know how much you love platformers oh okay so well i don't mind platformers see i said that on dtr and now i feel kind of bad because i don't really mind platformers <laughs> i just don't like platforming on the back of hive ships when there's another freaking ship coming over and like bouncing me off because i don't have high enough boots like i'm sorry i had to like readjust my agility every time we went into king's fall for just that section because i was not agile enough to jump up on the ship easily 
because I am not good at it. Anyway, <laughs> rant over. I mean, I, I think the other thing is, is like, so the, the big, big thing is the silent protagonist. I know a lot of people kind of, yeah. felt, a lot of people have very strong feelings either one way or the other. Like, I mean, I think that to me, to me, it's not a huge deal, but I'm also kind of like, I mean, eh. I'm like, more attached to my ghost than I am my own. Yeah, character. exactly. I mean, I view, well, I'll be honest. I view my ghost as my player. And my guardian mm-hmm. as the controller that I'm, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Like it's and there's nothing in like lore that backs that up. But it's like the ghost feels like it's more your character than the guardian does. Right. But um, as far as the the voiceless protagonist, I thought that Bungie did a really good job of like nodding to that multiple times during the campaign. Yes. Yes. Because there's some pretty funny moments where it's like, I know you're not going to say anything kind of stuff. There it's was like, one yeah. There was one where he actually, your guardian actually starts to say something and your ghost interrupts you. Uh-huh. I was like, I was like, oh, oh, you, you, you. You're mean. Yeah. That was, but, um, that was a fun one. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I see both sides on that one. Um, I don't really have a strong i don't really have a strong feeling i think for it i mean i think i think it would be nice but at the same time like like you kind of mentioned the the business side of it is i think a large a large reason kind of breaking fourth wall there why we don't have it which is it's kind of sad i mean matt mercer he's still working (laughs) isn't he yeah i think so he does, I mean, he does the voice of McCree in Overwatch, and I know they've added lines within the last year or so for that one. But there were a lot of really high-end voice actors that yes. were the voice of our Guardian. And it would be a really tough precedent to upkeep if they would have our Guardian continue to speak. I know it's weird because we had a Guardian that spoke a little bit during D1. Right, yeah. But it'd be hard to keep that going. It's hard enough to have Malcolm Reynolds, AKA K six, AKA Nathan Fillion voice him. I mean, and, um, so not, is it Zoe? No, it's not Zoe. Zoe was her character. Gosh, what's her name? The voice actress for Picora. I only know her as Zoe. Like, I'll be honest. Uh, Tina, uh, Gina Torres. Yeah. Gina. I mean, those two are main, Mainly Nathan Fillion's a bigger name, but Gina is not exactly a cheap actress either. Right. Right. And I mean, and you know, and that, that was arguably the reason, you know, supposedly the reason or one of the reasons we had a reboot of Ghost. Yeah. Was that so. Peter Dinklage. He's got some new stuff coming out. Peter Dinklage does. Nice. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like season seven of some show or something, right? Well, not not only that, I think he has a new, there's a new thing that he's doing where he's like a prisoner. I don't know. Oh, I'd yeah, have to. I'd... But um, yeah. So I mean, I I think I I, I agree. I, I I agree most with most of it. Um, again, the only thing I kind of am kind of stepping off of is the the silent protagonist. But I mean, again, that's kind of just. Because it, to me, it's not really a big deal. I'm u- I'm used to silent protagonist, I guess, because like again, Skyrim, uh, mm-hmm. Skyrim, Fallout. You don't really have 
a voice. Like you, you have a voice because you have a dialogue wheel. Um, right. So like you are speaking in game, but you just don't hear it. Like, you know, I, I think that's kind of the difference for us is like, we don't have a dialogue wheel. Um, but Mass Effect did that same thing. Did Mass Effect? Yeah, okay, that's right. Because Mass Effect had the the reaction wheel, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of type. Of, there's a lot of games anymore that have that kind of wheel. But as far as having relatability to our character, our story. I think the thing that we're missing most is the fact that we don't have a backstory. If right. you have a silent protagonist, normally you have a backstory to help develop the relationship to that protagonist. We don't have that because we have been there for the entirety of what our protagonist remembers. And so your only memories are what you got with what you played. Well, and I think that's kind of where the, the, you know, a lot of, um, Oh, what was it? Uh, the alternative alternative line in Kate Stash, where Ghost even kind of comments on it, like he's like, "You've been silent, you know, for a long time. Are you sure everything's mm-hmm. okay up there?" Like you know, he he kind of calls out the fact, like you're not talking, like right. Um, and I think there's a couple con. I mean, like you, like you said, there's a couple comments in Destiny Two also about like how your character just doesn't talk. Um. And so, I, I mean, I don't know. It's there. <laughs> and it's right. just, it's one of those things where it's like, I could see, I could see being a dialogue wheel. I think adding a dialogue wheel would be really cool. Um, but I the problem, the problem still have issues with it. They would still have issues. And the problem with the dialogue wheel is that, you know, whereas in like Skyrim and Fallout and, you know, other RPGs, that's kind of the point. Um, you know, it, it, it actually changes things. Um, you, you actually have an event that you, you can change the outcome to. And destiny just isn't that type of RPG. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a shoot them, loot them game. Uh, it's not a, it's, it's not a true RPG. I mean, if we're going to call a spade a spade, right? Um, because like Skyrim, the reason you would talk to people is to develop skills is to develop, you know, a a particular skill set in then which you could then bribe people, you know, do other things and same with fallout. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's a valid thing and it's, it's something that a lot of people have made comments about. So that's true. So, okay, here's my next question. Is there anything, I know we're going to talk about this obviously later once we get some, in, but is there anything lore-wise that just kind of slapped you in the face like, oh my gosh, like that is huge. <laughs> Cryptarchs are guardians. Uh-huh. I don't know why that just surprised the hell out of me. Like, I just, they, they said that and I was like, wait, what? Back up. What did you just say? (laughs) Right, but I mean, it it wasn't even that. I just it had never like that particular wire had never been connected. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just remember that there's because Tyra's like, 
when I lost connection to the light, I just, you know, I lost my, or whatever, her memory got scrambled or whatever. And she's like, I just being a guardian. I was like, whoa, 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 lady. You were a what now? I, I still feel <laughs> like part of the, the, um, awoken connection is, has to do with their connection to being transformed with the light. I still feel like that has something to do with it. But I oh, know she on. has that line. Rose What's said up? in chat that Zavala says we were guardians first awoke. I okay. So okay, I think uh, in in chat Rose is asking uh we are guardian we are guardians first awoken second. Um I don't I I I have actually I, heard that. I didn't I misread that. I think what he means is that you put your guardianship ahead of your race. So, like, you could say the same thing about an exo or a human. We are guardians first, humans second. Um, right. You know, I, I think I think that's what is mentioned there. Because um, we know that Mara Sov is not a guardian, neither right, is right. Aldrin. Right, because Aldrin, I mean, we know Aldrin's not a guardian because he basically says that to Eris. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my gosh, yeah, the Savathun ghost scan. The Sabbath, uh, the, so there's lots of like tidbits to lore that has been buried. I've been trying... Okay, so I got drugged through the campaign. I was kind of like you. Like I played the first couple of missions and went, ooh, shiny! And just started <laughs> There's a lost sector? Else. What is this? <laughs> I know, it's like, oh, I want to record all the things, so all my recordings have no order whatsoever, because I'm just running around <laughs> randomly. Um, but my, my raid team was just like, you need to finish the campaign. I need you to finish the campaign. So last Saturday, two of my raid buddies drug me through the entire campaign. And so I was bombarded with everything. And I would have to say that the, the amount of work that went into the campaign is awesome with the cutscenes and stuff. It's really weird because you have all the cutscenes at the beginning and then you have very, very light in the middle. And then there's a bunch of cutscenes at the end. And some of the ideas that they pulled off, like it's not necessarily story ideas, but it is some of the things that they're like, Oh, and do you mind if I spoil like part of one of the missions? I don't. Okay. Should we spoil any of the missions? It's been out over a week at this point. I I mean, like, for me, the reason I haven't finished the campaign is because of work, but I'll be completely honest. I know the story. Like, it, to me, I, I kind of like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything against people who, who are, who, who play blind. I don't care. I mean, to me, it's whatever. It's your call. Um, right. but just me personally, I know that I don't have a lot of time to play. So I, I'm completely immune to being salty about spoilers. Um, okay. so I, but spoiler not, alert for anybody who's listening, who right. hasn't finished it's, the campaign it's for the man- next, just, yeah, just for the next couple minutes, we're going to talk spoilers. It's a mechanic thing. It's a mechanic okay. thing that they pulled in. So I really enjoyed that towards the end, when you're going to blow up the Almighty or going to disable the Almighty, that one of the things that I've never seen in a video game is you're running outside in front of the sun 
and you have to hide from the solar radiation. That I thought was really cool. I mean, some of the, it's not really a story point so much as it's just kind of a cheat to get through to know that, Hey, if you step in all the solar radiation, you're going to take damage. I mean, that kind of seems like common sense, but some people, you never know. People go outside with sunscreen. You don't really have, you don't really have sunscreen, like, what would that be like 5 billion proof? So. Right. And even full body armor doesn't stop this. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it reminds me that just, it reminds me of, um, Chronicles of Riddick. Mm hmm. But I would say some of the mechanic things that they pulled off, like having you run around the ship on the outside in front of the sun, having there be a, thing called the almighty that is going to blow up a sun which story-wise here's my beef with that if they blow up the sun or implode the sun which is what the image in um the cutscene kind of depicts Mm -hmm. where is gall going to be at that point and does Gaul not realize he has to have the traveler nearby or have connection to the traveler to continually get a light? Does he think well, he's going to take all the light? Well, and that's kind of a question that I've, I I kind of have with uh, the raid gear that we've seen, uh, the Fulminator gear. Because mm-hmm. if you read some of the flavor text on the Fulminator gear, that's kind of the question that comes up is, what is going on? Right. Like, because some of the, some of the, and like, I, I, I will be a hundred percent honest. I haven't read the full set. I don't, I haven't like had a chance to really, cause you know, it's just kind of just recently started coming up, but the Fulminator set basically has the message of like breaking the bonds of distance for somebody. And we don't, we, I mean, like, we don't know what it is that we're talking about, but it almost seems like it's, it's talking about a guardian, but right. But then, but then you have like a couple. You have a couple problems with that because you know we're the only guardians that have ever existed. So like, how did how did the fulminator exist? You know, and all this stuff. But there, there kind of seems like a nod to maybe the traveler. Maybe we don't need to be within a certain distance. Like once we have light, we have light, and we're done. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of get that a little bit with us being revived by the shard. Right. Which, um, it, I don't know. There's some 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 slight holes that I'm, uh, I'm yeah. not sure how you guys are going to patch this. My pro- my problem with that one is... Um, um, my, my problem with that is... We got to talk about it with DTR. It's like, I, I just... There's a disconnect, I think, in the way the Crucible is re-brought up. Because it's like, it's all about yeah, you're the only guardian to have your light back. Yeah. Blah, blah. And then let's go to live fire exercise. I was like, wait, uh-huh. checks. Hang on. Checks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, buddy. What? <laughs> it's, it's like, because like, there's a story mission and I, I kind of like, I was thinking about this, like when I was playing the campaign and then it's, uh, it's the, the hug, like hugs, hugs, uh, scene. But like, mm-hmm. basically it explains, um, the command, like the the vanguard, taking all the lightless guardians against the city, and I was like, "Wait, yeah, wait, hang on." Then who are we fighting in the crucible? Like, I, and I know, right. you know, it's 
it's definitely a, a game mechanic that you like you have to be able to do that because mm-hmm. you don't you do not want to lock pvp behind a whatever however many hour campaign this is like that that right. just would be a bad call especially since there's a there's a large push to you know the large push to kind of try to move destiny into a more competitive standpoint um like i i totally get it but it was still it was one of those like wait hang on Uh what what just happened um right here's my favorite part though as far as story-wise the speaker the zings, the, sp- the zings that he has are amazing. The zings in that he's just unapologetic and like, I don't care what you do to me. I mean, we've always kind of ragged on the speaker for being kind of this awkward talking head mm-hmm. that doesn't really necessarily talk. talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I have a lot more respect for who he kind of was and what his role was in Destiny One, and you, I think we get a lot more of a a more personal look at who he is and what his purpose actually was, rather than what everyone kind of assumed that he was doing. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, but real quick before we go too much further, I do want to take a a quick moment if you'll let me, Green. Um, mm-hmm. you heard before the episode that today's chat is sponsored by audible. Um, as most of you know, uh, we are sponsored now by audible or we're affiliated with audible. So as part of the focus fire chat community, uh, you also might notice that we do a monthly book club. Um, and as many of us, you know, kind of what we're talking about here, don't have a lot of time to sit down and read a great alternative can be found over at audible. So the FFC team would like to offer you a chance to try that alternative out. By offering you a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to the service. All you have to do to do that is visit www.audibletrial.com slash FFC, and that's it, and just sign up. Um, and I, what is this month's, why did I just put it, Neverwhere. Mm-hmm. Is, and so it, it's an excellent, excellent book. And I believe the audiobook is actually read by... Um, I think it's Gaiman. Gaiman, Neil, right? Gaiman, he, he tends to he, read. He, his read, own. he read it. I was about to say, I think he reads most of his own. But uh, yeah, so definitely if you're if you at all interested or if you've ever been interested in doing an audiobook thing, definitely give him a try. Um, and if you have never done it, I mean, you get it's like a subscription service in some respects. You can get. You get one audiobook, or you can actually do an upgrade and do like two audiobooks a month for free. Quote, quote unquote free it's whatever price audiobook there's lectures series about anything and everything there's one on classical music there's lectures on psychology and all sorts of stuff and you can get those and those are normally like 50 60 bucks a piece you can get those for the 7.99 or 14.99 depending on which plan you get just straight like that and if you run out of credits Sometimes they run a special where you can get three credits for $33. And oh, most cool. audiobooks are going to be like $14, $15 an audiobook, depending on the length and the popularity. So they've got some pretty good deals going on. Are all FFC characters awoken? Is Justin awoken or is he a human? I He's awoken. Yeah, then we're all Hunter awoken. That's really funny. I never even realized that. Yeah. Great minds. Great minds think yes. alike. Um, for sure. 
but I guess that kind of opens up opens up another thing that I have heard a lot of talk about, and it's the idea of Destiny One as an episode zero for the series. Um, mm-hmm. So I go back and forth on this one. I, I it's not necessarily a bad thing by any means, um, but there are potential problems. Uh, so, so for those who are not a hundred percent familiar with, it's mostly used in comic book terminology, but there's there's other things. Um, in comic book terminology, episode zero is basically an issue that is usually a backstory that covers information that readers need to know in order to continue on to events. Uh, the issue is generally something that sets up the story of who the main characters are for those who don't know and why they are starting the journey. However, it is not the start or a part of the journey. That's hence the episode zero and not episode one. Um, and so this is often seen in the emphasis of this being, you know, kind of the, the world setup. Uh, you actually, <coughs> excuse me. You also see this in, in a different bit in manga, uh, and this is a terminology that's used as a one shot. Uh, so that what they do with manga is they will often, because they, they manga is like, I mean, there there's tons of manga out there. Um, what publishers will often do is they will have a single shot, a uh, single chapter of a story. They will publish it. They will put it out or, you know, whatever, however they publish it. And they actually use it to gauge the interest in the story. So, Basically, if the one shot is successful, the story is then turned into a full blown manga. Um, so they're like a viewed, pilot episode. yeah, a prequel, if you will, which is often what you see with like TV shows who do episode zeros. Um, the confusing thing is that sometimes episode zeros are after the fact, so like it, it's kind of like it with TV shows, it gets kind of weird. Um, how so that kind of brings me to the potential problems i am i'm just going to be really blunt here this is not what i'm saying is a problem right now i'm saying this is a potential problem the problem with episode zeros is that there can be continuity issues continuity can suffer if you do not really carefully manage how the episode zero is handled going forward um And the only reason I really bring this up is that we see a bit of an upheaval in the creative teams that Bungie has seen. Um, There, there have been changes to Bungie, you know, behind the scenes and we know this and that's, that's fine. That's, you know, business as usual, but because of those upheaval, um, because of those upheavals, there's going to be gaps. Um, They're not necessarily huge holes, but there are going to be patches that will need to be glossed over for just the sake of the whole series and it, that series cohesiveness. So a few examples, right? Uh, the Traveler, terraforming Venus. <laughs> well, in Destiny 1, the Traveler did not terraform Venus. Humanity did. Um, but in Destiny 2, they reference it in the tractor cannon, uh, which is a, an Wait, exotic... I, I thought they, that the Traveler did terraform, no. terraform it, but... no. The Hesperonauts, the Hesperos armor specifically refers to Hesperonauts as the people who went and installed terraform engines in the sea, in the calderas of Venus to terraform Venus. Mm, But in the, but in the tractor cannon, um, which is where 
they kind of clarify where uh, Shioma and Maya meet. Um, mm-hmm. They actually refer to the um, to Venus as being terraformed by the Traveler. Again, big hole in the story. No, not not really. But it is a a, a, a gap, right? Um, another one. And this one actually is kind of one that's a little annoying to me, as most of you probably know, is the new subclasses. They're actually old subclasses. Mm-hmm. But there's, I, 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 there is no attempt from what I've seen. So, so what I've seen so far, I'm going to preface that right here. From what I've seen so far, I haven't seen any attempt to smooth over this new information in a way that allows for an explanation as to why suddenly we're hearing or learning about them. Um, Arc Strider kind of gives like a little bit of a nod, like just like a tad, because it says like, yeah, time vanished us. Time vanished us like it does memories. I'm like. <sighs> really like that, that's really i mean well, I, and I, i'm not i'm not i mean if that's all we have to work with again does it break the story no not really it kind of bugs me but it's not it's not like a huge break um and i agree and you probably have thoughts on that one as far as the the things like that breaking the story or like destiny being kind of a backstory for the general player. Right, right. For the, we'll say the lore casuals, the ones who just know the story from the campaign and the missions and don't know anything outside, the story works perfectly fine. There is nothing that I've seen in game that would have been a major change from Destiny 1, basic missions, basic campaign to Destiny 2. The thing that has been cracking me up as far as and I was kind of mentioning this a little bit earlier is I've had to explain so much to my raid team. So much. Like, who are the nine and what is going on? Like, why right, are these right. people here? Like, who is Callus? Who, what happened? Who are the Red Legion? What, why are they even here? Like, what signal are we talking about? The signal went out. I mean, there's so many like little things that got glossed over in game from Destiny One that is now fo- like a high focused amount in Destiny Two that everyone's like, uh, what? And I think part of what Bungie did is they wanted to highlight the writing from Destiny One because a lot of us really love Destiny One. And so they're bringing it into mission. Yes, we're getting the grimoire in game or the story in game, but they're bringing the things that we love already from the the different weapons and the different things, so everybody can know about it. And they're making it to where that grimoire from Destiny One is viable still. Mm-hmm. Right, and that and that's what I mean is like so like in in my conclusion to this little point that I had written up it's like you know my conclusion is basically there are going to be bubbles of discontinuity uh the idea of an episode zero is by no means a new concept at all uh and and basically if you handle it with care it's actually very beneficial to most stories uh so far I like I said so far there's nothing really that breaks the game as far as from a story standpoint or anything that I've seen and I really am not expecting there to be 
Uh, other than some small, you know, quote unquote clarifications that are made that we're just going to re have to, we're going to be required to reorient some of the theories and, you know, mostly they're going to be around implied understanding. So again, mm-hmm. not they're they're not breaking the lore. They're just kind of through clarification, redirecting our focus. Um, right. An example of that is, you know, the we actually get a definition, a, an actual definition of Radiolorians. Uh, and that is that they are not the Vex. No, they are a byproduct of the Vex um, instead of being the Vex. And so the game does point out that the Vex are not fully machine, but they are not, you know, previously we had all thought kind of the Radioloria were the Vex that, you know, were, they were the plankton. Right. Well, that that's not the case. The Radioloria, the, the Vex milk is actually a byproduct of the Vex. Um, which, which kind of begs the question of like, well, what is the Vex then? Um, but I mean, so like, again, clarification, it's going to reorient us and we need to just kind of, you know, be open to working on theories a little bit more, which is fine. I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to that at all. That's the mm-hmm. point of theories is their theories, their hypothesis and you scientific method guys, you know, that's, that's nothing big. Um, Here's the thing that, as f- okay, so I know we're, we're pretty worried about when we're talking lore beforehand, you, Justin, and I have always been able to pull up a card and say, this is what this says. This is what this is. Now we have to actually, I was telling you in DTR, we actually have to go into the missions themselves and either find the quest dialogue, which luckily Ishtar Collective mm-hmm. is going through and writing those out for us again. But it's not the same reading it as it is being in the moment with it. And we have to, there's a lot more that we're going to have to play and just live and record and relive over and over and over for us to learn the little things, because there's, I guarantee you people are going to miss a lot of the story the first time they play through it. And if they're not allowed to go back and play those missions again, like some of the adventures, there's going to be so much missed. So right. much lore. Well, and that kind of that kind of goes back into you know what Bife was saying and what I was kind of getting at with the the um, lore archive, if you will, inside mm-hmm. your your menu. I think that would go a long way. Like every time you discover something, you know, worthwhile or scan something, you should be able to you know record it because you know, and we know that it's getting noted as being recorded because. You know, in my menu, it's not necessarily popping up as aggressively. If I if I scan something and then I walk back by it, it doesn't like and, you know, it's it's not like yelling at me. Here's my beef with those for the scannables. Mm -hmm. I am so, so and I want to curse, curse, curse. I'm so tired of getting the beep, beep, beep. And it's the level above me or the level below me and nowhere where I'm at. And I spend the next 30 minutes trying to find the stupid thing my, that is my brother and i my brother oh, and i had that God. happen we were i'm we were so on the, mad about uh, that titan was, does it really bad yeah titan it was what? it was it was either titan i can't remember if it was titan or but there was one where i was in an elevator and i was like mm-hmm. and it kept activating and i was like i swear to you there is nothing around me and so finally i was like i'm done i, I give up i i don't i yeah. literally cannot figure out where this is 
and there I turn been- <laughs> I turn the corner and it's against the wall on the other side. So because I was in the proximity or whatever of it, I was getting notified, but it was actually I had to continue going around the loop to get to it. I was like, I was like, I oh, mean, no, that, I- that makes sense. <laughs> It's a cool little function, but I really wish that you could pull out your ghost and it alerts you to where it's at. It kind of does. Like, if you pull out your ghost, it'll look at it, but it doesn't really help if you're, like... No. If you're on a ramp and it's, like, looking below the ramp. I I died a lot trying to get to it. 20 minutes of recorded time, and I could bring up that clip sometime. I spent 20 (laughs) minutes on Titan trying to find a stupid scannable during one of the little adventures and I'm like, why? Why Bungie? This is worse than playing some of the different types of missions that have no story. I mean, seriously, come on guys. I want to know what the scannables are and I can't get to it because I can't find a stupid scannable. We do know that the hive experiment on breeding. The hive that, and the that, taken experiment that, on all sorts of things. Yeah. Let that sink in for a little bit and give you nightmares mm-hmm. so okay so new things obvious new things that are in game or possibly later in game what are some of the obvious new things that you noticed that i missed noticed oh noticed um i think we i i mean i think we touched on most of them uh there's there's definitely more there's definitely more involvement with um, the civilians, which I think is amazing. I really like that. Uh, the the challenge, you know, that they, they kind of show what it's like to not be a guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, I, lo- I love that. Um, like the entire concept of the farm, I, I really like. Um, like I just, I just finished setting up the patrol beacons for for my character, and um, the the snark of, from Devrim towards Cade is amazing. Like I, okay. I love, I love that. Can I just go and just jump on a pedestal real quick about Devrim? <laughs> yes. I okay. If Bungie, <laughs> if any of you are listening, I applaud you for having a little bit more diverse character. Did you, you heard about this. You're the one who mentioned it to me. I was the one that sent you the article. Um, I applaud you for having a more diverse character. I would like to know more than just the fact of two lines that are in game, but at the same time, I'm like, could you have a more stereotypical British man? Snarky British man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you make him gay. I'm sorry. But he really Wait, likes what? tea. But he really, he really likes, likes tea. tea. Right. But that's like. I just like, love okay, the fact. Guys. Okay. Like I made a pot of tea for you, but I drink it. But maybe you should hurry up next time. I'm like, really? I feel like Bife's talking to me if Bife actually likes tea. I don't even know if Bife likes tea. It's like, guys. He's British. Of course he likes tea. That, that's a okay. standard thing. We need to like tweet at him, like Bife, do you like tea? See episode one hundred and one of Focus Fire Chat to, <laughs> for the reason behind this random tweet. Um, but I'm glad they have a character that they specifically designed, like a little bit of lines being more, they're being a gay character, being a little bit more diversified. 
I remember hearing Belle talk about that on Guardian Radio quite a long time ago, how there's strong female characters. I like that there's more diverse characters. That being said, (laughs) I do not appreciate it being a publicity stunt somewhat. Well, and And I don't don't know if... uh, I I would hesitate on saying that because I don't think it was... Bungie didn't call attention to it. Right? I mean... That's true, but Bungie did not know. call attention to. I, I mean, I just, I would, I, I, I would hesitate to say of, that it was a publicity stunt. I think the idea of having someone be gay in your game just so you can say you have someone who's gay in your game is a little. I don't know. I don't. It's like, well, to be fair, though, it's calling this, a spade a spade, right? But frankly, I mean, like, but I mean, let's let's be honest here. That that's not. A, he's not the first character. I mean. Okay, had, no, yet, that's yet true. Chioma and, and I mean, right. they were married. They were married to each other. But one that, that we was, actually see in game. Right and now, this is to. correct. Correct. This is this is the first. I, I, I think the first character um, that we have in game that is confirmed. Mm-hmm. I think I would I would clarify it. Yeah, considering um, we don't know whether or not Miss uh, don't have time to talk to you type girl. Right. Well, and and the other thing is, is like there's there's reference to, well, no, because we now know that Cade had a family, um, mm-hmm. and with the Owl Sector, we know that Ikora has, um, which that is feelings the most towards story. feelings towards people, mm-hmm. um, and I mean Destiny Two did confirm Ariana and Waning, but I mean That's Ariana true. and Waning, we we kind of thought that in Destiny One, we got the confirmation basically in Destiny Two. But I mean, like, I just, yeah, I mean, I I just I I don't think I, just I, I wouldn't call it a publicity worry, stunt. I just worry about it being thrown in game just because it's a good thing to do. I guess I don't know, but I'm I mean, glad but, but at the same time, it, the because same time, it's a good thing to do, that doesn't. I mean, I'm just being right. devil's advocate it here. I know it doesn't exclude it from being something they should do. I mean, it's I mean, just, so so uh, case in point, right? Case in case in point on the good thing to do argument, the the hunter arms that got pulled, mm-hmm. right? The right. hunter arms that got pulled. Uh, you could argue, if you really wanted to be kind of a conspiracy theorist, that that was a publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I am a hundred percent not agreeing with that statement. Right. I, I think that, but I mean, what I, I'm saying is I'm presenting this as that was the right thing to do and they did it and they, they made the announcement simply, I think simply to cover their basis because not, not to get a, a pat on the back, but I think to, to tell people basically who had the armor, that Hey, mm-hmm. if it disappears, this is why, like it, it was more, right. I think to kind of be like explaining, I don't think they were trying to get a pat on the back. I would just, at this point, right now, Devrim is kind of a token character because we only see him. Yes, we have Chioma and Wei Ning and all of them in the grimoire that those of us who have read the grimoire know that is there, but we don't have Mark, I think is his name. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His partner. Yeah. We don't see that character, which granted, I don't know. I don't remember where they said Mark is. And I really uh, wish he was back in like a settlement, basically. 
like because because Devrim's like on the front lines, and I don't know if it, it. I don't think it was the farm, but it was basically like a right a, a city Something area. Like yeah, I think it for me it would. I I think it would be better if they if yes Devrim is there and he has somebody in his in his life that he has maybe just like a one-off scene where you see them together kind of just arm in arm or like just standing next to each other. That's just one of those. But see, I would, I would argue that that would be actually more of a publicity stunt than having a, having a, a, a line or two of idle dialogue that just, I mean, and the thing is, and I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't heard the idle dialogue side. I, I, I don't know, but mm-hmm. my understanding is, is that it's like, it's delivered in like it, it's it's not calling to attention. It's just delivered right. in like non-commental, just like you know, blah blah blah, just normal conversation. Um, right. I just think if they're going to talk about sexuality, that they should just talk about sexuality because I mean, Lord knows they're talking about some really heavy subjects in the missions. Right. If they're going to bring that one up, I think they should just bluntly bring it up. Besides just idle dialogue, because right now it just feels like it's just barely paying face and that's just my it feels like a bit of a publicity stunt in the fact right. that it it is not enough in my opinion right and i and i i i hear that i, I do hear that and i i would i i guess my my argue it's not really an argument i yeah, my response I to that is you know the entire story of maya and shioma um and the is entire- not in game except for in grimoire. It might be later. Well, okay. Well, but in and we now we do what we do have is I, I see that I I, I hear mm-hmm. you on that side. Um, we do have the confirmation of what? <coughs> excuse me, waning and Ariana. Um, right. Which I mean, again, it. I don't. I don't know. I, I just. I see that it. I. The reason I don't see it as a huge issue is because it is given just as much attention as every other character's sexuality yeah that's you know like i mean i get that we we don't we you wouldn't know about ikora except for the owl sector records Mm -hmm. um you wouldn't know about Cade's family uh well you wouldn't even know about Cade being interested in humans except for Cade's journal and you would not know about his family except for, I believe, the the uh, is it the Flashpoint dialogue that he he's, so. he's talking about Ace, his uh, his son. son, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so for Which me. Which makes me so sad. Right. No, 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 no. Story. Right. But I mean, my point there being is that my view of it is, is that it is given equal treatment to everything else that is along that lines. And I think mm-hmm. that more than anything speaks volumes that it's not a publicity stunt. It's literally just equality. It's, mm-hmm. it's everyone is the same, you know, regardless of whatever. Uh, I get that. I get that. That's that just would one be of my, my that would be my, right, no, 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 rant. right. No. And I, I, I completely, as soon as you said that, I was like, I, I, I completely get where you're going with that one. And I, I hear mm-hmm. that. I hear it. I just would say, you know, that that's my, my counter, point i'm not even gonna say it's an argument because it's really not right um i i i just um so 
Okay, let's move past that because that could be <laughs> a whole episode in and of itself if you let me get on my box, soapbox type thing and start preaching. No, about no, that. I mean, but, but it's it's good. And if you guys haven't read it, um, it's a it's a good. I, ca- I can't remember who published it. it. It's a pretty decent. It's article. in Reddit. If you go through my tweets, I've posted pretty much almost every single Reddit post within the last in Destiny lore that is on she my has. Twitter. Twitter, my Twitter, my Twitter is. Twitter. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Twitter. If you there if you go. if you sign it with a bird, it's called it's called a tweeter. Yeah, You're that welcome. sounds not okay. Um, it's from Moana. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, your welcome is. No, that's that he and, said that when he when he signs her or oh, with the chicken. With the, with he's the like, chicken. if you sign it with a bird, it's called a a tweet or something. I can't remember the exact line, but it's like he's like it's a Twitter or tweeter or something like that. That's funny. And she like looks at him and then like hits him and wants to hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. With the oar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. That's a good movie. But okay, so other is there anything that you were just like bungee why? Like bungee no, bungee why? No, I mean not yet. <laughs> not not yet. Uh, other than mm-hmm. the subclass thing, which I mean that's not a surprise to anyone who's who's been around me um, which have you done all the subclass missions for hunter i have i i have not um i well okay now that you bring that up there is a small bone i have to pick with the gunslinger subclass um i i have my night stalker token and i'm filling it mm-hmm. out so I, okay. I will be doing my night stalker one hopefully here short i'm nearly i'm trying to level up my gunslinger right now i did have a bone to pick with the presentation of the ghost fragments that was read um, yeah uh the message that was sent was vastly different and, and this is again implied so clarification mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not i'm just kind of like it kind of turns my interpretation of this card on its head um because and I think you know the one I'm talking about, but it's it's basically the ghost fragment. Uh, I can't remember which ghost fragment it is. It's the ghost fragment where Kate is talking about the scions talking to Rasputin. Um, yeah. The uh, oh, Daedalus. I will get to that in just a second. Um, but anyways, there's a line in it in which he does. Uh, he he's talking about like, and when you read the card, when we read the card at first, it always kind of seemed like it was the Scion talking to Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Yet, I don't necessarily think that the people who are delivering the text in I, I I'm hoping the that's the case because because when you get to the Night Soccer <laughs> one, it's quite a bit different and i can't even i can't even pick out who the night stalker reader is for half of those well my my problem with and like oh okay so so like well the point that i have is with the uh gunslinger one it's it's nathan fillion who's Mm -hmm. who's who's reading the rasputin piece which he does most of them he does most of the cards even in the night stalker he does quite a few of those cards yeah because i think he does the one with rezel because mm-hmm. I, I was watching, I was watching Unknown when he was doing it, and I think that was the one I was like, "His Rizzle is here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like because everyone's like, "What card? What is he talking about?" I'm like, "His Rizzle is back." When he's <laughs> but, talking about even Guardians, con- yeah, yeah, that card. Uh, but anyway, but like, so like the infliction that he puts on it though changes the meaning to me at least 
to be actually it was Cade talking to the Scions. Right. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That changes a lot. Makes like, people say that Cade's Rasputin again? Not even that. It's the recognition that, or yeah, I mean, there's that, that argument is always going to be there. But mm-hmm. it's the recognition that Cade has then of what he is. Because mm-hmm. that's the whole thing about the exes is they don't really, you know, they don't really remember what they're doing or what they're, you know, they've been around for so long that even the non-Guardian exos don't remember. Right. And so all of a sudden there's just kind of like this nod to maybe, maybe realizing something. And I don't know. It was kind of like, it was like, what? Hang on. Um, Speaking the of stalk- exo forgetful- go, go, forget- go for forgetfulness. So there's something about Banshee possibly having a wipe coming up soon. And there's talks, there's actual talks in the tower in some of the scannables about Banshee's wipes. <sighs> uh, that's another, I, that's a spoiler that I know about. Um, I'm not really happy with it because I have a problem. I, I don't know. It depends on how they handle it. I, I yeah. don't, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the camp that the number behind the, the exos num- name is actually not anything to do with the wipe. I think it's the model number. I don't I, know. I mean, it fail safe refers to it as the cage six model. Right. I know that's true. And then, and then but they're talking, and, even Banshee mentions in tower about, and I, I, do we even call it? I mean, I know it's called the tower end game, but we're not really in the tower. We're actually on the wall. I think. Oh, are we? Um, I think that's where we end up. Right. And the other the other thing that I have for the defense against the number being a wipe is that in the uh, Lord Teamer card, he mm-hmm. specifically calls out Felwinter as having the number etched in his skin. So right. I'm like, so it's part of the wipe getting that number... <laughs> laser removed and re tattooed like Like, 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 Uh, wait wait, but i mean you know like i mean or is this like a digital reader like what 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 do you mean that's etched in your skin like i mean uh uh the uh induction speech from uh i can't remember it's saladin or zavala he talks about like exos do you ever look down at that number and wonder what it is like you know it's it's like right it's a physical presence on the body and so for me, that that kind of speaks to that's if the wipe is a digital wipe, which is a big if, you know, if that's mm-hmm. what's happening, um, why is the number like how does the number get updated? Do they actually get well, transported into a new body? Here's here's the other thing is maybe the number isn't updated. Maybe it's literally just a defrag type thing and then they're the same number. I mean, I don't know. Right, but then why do you, I mean, then, I, I mean, right, I could see that too. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, there's, there's a lot of different possibilities there, there. There is a line that Banshee says about being, like, referring to himself as, like, Banshee 41. Oh, really? In, in Tower. I'll have to see if I can find it, because I don't, Cause I know, I know in Destiny, right, I know in Destiny 1, he refers to himself as having wiped, been wiped forty three times, right? And so that's where that's where a lot of people kind of made the you know connected the dots on, um, oh well, this is the number, blah blah blah, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 possible. I'm not I'm not arguing that is not possible. It's totally possible. 
I just feel like if it's also a number that's been etched on their frame, <laughs> it's like maybe that's where they started. Maybe that's the number they started with. Right, but I mean, I, I don't know. It just to me, it's like it just seems like it won't increase, you know. But we, the wipes could happen. Right. We need to answer Daedalus' question because I want to hear your take on this one. <clears throat> um, if I remember from what I remember, having not actually played the Night Stalker mission just yet, but from what I remember in the stream that I was watching for Unknown Player, it is the conversation about a guardian falling. Is that correct, Green? Is it, is yes, it about, it's, it's about the, it's the, the Azir. It's about Azir, essentially, yeah. So, like, it's, because it, isn't it the, in his strong strong hand, a man held a rose? Like, wasn't it the start of the first card, basically? That was one of the, I don't know if that was in Night Stalker, but I remember hearing that again, yes, in one of the missions. So, I think, um... My personal opinion on that one is just given the nature of void light, um, there's a lot of close connections to void light being somewhat questionable or somewhat vampiric. Um, you see a lot with the one of my one of actually my favorite uh, stories. I love how they are presenting Night Stalkers in Destiny Two. By the way, love it. Um, the the story on the night stalker sub the lore if you open up the i don't do we call them cards what do we call them now i would i don't know i'm not quite sure we gotta figure out a term for it yeah i don't know what we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk to baxter and see what they're called tabs i don't know i know that i know like in the database they're called categories i believe um but so anyway, but like if you're on the Night Stalker one, uh, if you go to Ishtar, they have them all and saved in the category section. If you go to the Night Stalker one, amazing story, like just awesome story, and it's it's like they they're really personalizing the subclasses, which is something I really really appreciate. There is an mm-hmm. exotic suit or exotic piece of armor called the Orpheus Rig, I believe is the name of it. Um, That's one of them. Yeah, I know there's a couple of them, but the, the Orpheus Rig. <sighs> Is like, oh my god, I love... I, I don't even know what the armor does, I'll be honest. I don't pay attention to the mechanics of armor. I, I'm completely a lore casual player. Um, but the story on the Orpheus rig is all about, like, the night... Like, the 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 place that the Night Stalker belongs. And mm-hmm. it's like... It's... it's it's kind of how like I personally envision my character, which is why I've always kind of assigned, like always associated more with a night stalker, but like the night stalker is the true, like penumbrant hunter scout loner type character. And because of that, the night stalker has also been always presented as the kind of the individual who doesn't really have a problem doing some questionable things. Because they're they're all about surviving. They're all about mm-hmm. getting the job done. Doesn't matter what it takes, just getting it done. Um, and so for me, it's like you know, I I I love that. And so I think the reason why they bring up the Rezal Azir card, um, because of the Night Stalkers, kind of psychological leanings um it's it's a warning you know i will be careful 
have you played you haven't played that yet the the voice actress it's really creepy like oh it does it, it is amazing it's, awesome I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited super, for it because like it's super oh, creepy and it's a female cool. voice actress for the majority of it Real, for the night stalker mm-hmm. is it um i can't tell you who it is i mean i don't know who I don't oh, yeah. recognize the voice. No, no, but do you does does she ever identify uh character wise? I can't figure I couldn't figure out who it was. I also played through it very quickly with audio just barely kind of in the background while somebody else was talking to me about their day at work. So it's We don't that blame her. Too. We don't we you don't know, blame that, we don't blame that person at all. Yeah. Nope, nope. She is a lovely person. Yeah, Orpheus Rig is the uh, Qantas Ray is the story and like Orpheus rig. I I'm just going to read this because this is like, I, I, I was just running, I was just rolling through the, the new stuff on Ishtar. Uh, mm-hmm. and like, this is like just one that like, I personally just, I can see my character, like the way that I've kind of always pictured my character. This is something I could see it. And it says, <clears throat> never, ever look back. Quintus Ray has almost forgotten what colors are. For months, she has prowled the deep, shadowed catacombs of Nessus, the places where the inexorable Vex burrowed into the rogue planet and replaced natural life with a cold, inhuman labyrinth. Light is scarce in this place, but Qantas knows how to find it, how to feel for the unripples of the void, to draw light from the infinities between spaces. She knows how to roll black holes between her fingertips and how to knock her bow with the inescapable gravities of the universe. Soon Qantas will leave this place, return to the city, report her findings, see colors again. But that won't last long. She is a night stalker. Out here, balanced upon the infinitesimal life's edge, is where she truly belongs. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just uh, to, to me to me that's like that's what I what I picture a hunter being like is like that that scout like the the scout um the lone wolf you know we we hear that with the gunslingers the lone wolf looking for the perfect shot it's about I, i'm not a fan it's all I'm, about where you belong oh my god i'm not a fan of the gunslinger tab <laughs> it makes the hunter that is talking about sound like an idiot because yeah. he can't he can't count to 3 but <laughs> It's, well, okay. Can you blame him? No, no, I I don't blame him. But I'm like, really, really, that's that's gonna be the that's the story we're going with here, guys. Come on. So, oh. like, one of the lines I actually just a video clip of somebody just capturing the voice acting for the mm-hmm. Void Walker mission in Discord for you. Like, one of the lines is, "It's about it's all about where you belong." Warlocks have their libraries. Titans have their walls. Yes. Hunters belong to the wild. And there ain't nobody as wild as a hunter with a full of blade. It's like, uh huh, yeah, I like it. I like one that of, one. One of the suits of armor that you get when you first start out, I think it's the scavenger one. Is like it. The flavor text is basically um, <clears throat> is oh, what is it? Uh, when the tower was destroyed, everyone else, everyone else was exiled. The hunter, like, oh god, what was it? I'm not. I'm not going to be able to do it justice. But basically, it's when the tower was destroyed, everyone was driven out. The hunters went home, mm-hmm. and I, that's a well, like, terrible, terrible rendition of it because I can't remember off the top of my head. I, 
I just love how the hunters have game, like the fact that sectors were literally marked by hunters. Right. I mean, there's, it's just nice. It's nice to add the tower with the titans and the warlocks with their libraries and stuff like that, but now they're in kind of way. Good. It's good stuff. Oh yeah, so the Night Stalker one, the the ending is my favorite part. Um because it starts off it's like the blade dancers drive uh, dried us as slow. The gunslingers say we lack precision, you know, and all this stuff. And then it's um the the Night Stalker basically creates the the bow and it's like and the Titan and a warlock leap from the bog. So he's like, This is it, you two. <clears throat> he says, The warlock and Titan leap from the bog behind me. A bow appears in my hands and I left I let a single binding shot loose from the shadow. Now there are orbs of light everywhere. Eat, my friends. Eat. Which is very creepy. I was like, like Yes <laughs> Love it. There's so many like it. little creepy things. <laughs> Gosh, Void Walker's sound. I mean, if you're talking about light as a spectrum, like we did on DTR. Oh God, Void 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 Walker. They're uh, dark. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I mean, you because. Uh, oh. uh, what is it? Um, de- Here's another one for Devour? you. Devour. Is it Devour? Mm-hmm. That's one of the perks for the Void Walker, right? Uh-huh. Isn't that the one where they eat their grenade? It's, it's either that or let me see. Deadfall, Keen Scout. Vanishing Steps, Vanishing Smoke, Mobius Quiver. No, for, uh, sorry, for the Void Walker, not for the Night Stalker. Void, yes, Devour is one of the Because that, that one, you know, you want to talk about chills. But <laughs> you just one. ate a grenade. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's another one for you. You take aim before you pull. That's right. It doesn't make sense. Void. So you take aim and fire. Line up your shot, then you pull bow. Always worth it for the looks on their faces. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the always like <sighs> so good. There's some really good lines. Like I am really happy with some of the thing that they've done on this game. Not just for the comedy aspect, which I always appreciate because I like people that have like funny quips or even puns. Like there's puns in the game. Like why? Who decided to put puns in the game? Because thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> My gosh. It's good. It's good stuff. There's some really good writing. So here's my next question for you. Of the missions you've played so far, of the little side quest or of the areas you've gone into, which has been your favorite? Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I think the one where you uh, are rescuing Cade simply because cool. simply because the the dialogue is is amazing like their dialogue with failsafe like they nailed failsafe i, I mm-hmm. love failsafe um mm-hmm. but, but seriously one of my favorite parts and i don't know really why but this is gonna stick with me forever is when you find Cade after you've released him and he's playing hide and seek with you uh-huh. and, and his ghost pops up <laughs> he reaches up and he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he pulls him back down. And then you see his little, his head go. And like, oh my, mm-hmm. oh my God, I lost it. I lost it when that happened. And it was just like, I'm like that, 
that is so Cade. Like, that is just so Cade. And then, like, because right before it, he was talking about how um, the Fallen were coming for the horn on his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they said something about taking my horn. my horn, my beautiful, beautiful horn. I was like, yes. Which is actually, did you know that's a, that's a, you've, you've seen Firefly, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a throwback to one of the lines that he had. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's good, right? That's somebody. Well, it's like, well, and I I think it's more of a a nod. Nathan Fillion, uh, everything he does has a throwback to Firefly. Uh Uh-huh. Like, um, there was... In one shape or form. Right, because there there was Castle, where he dresses up as, um, he dresses up as Mal. Uh, In Destiny, there was a, like, he, he, like, if you stand or one of his idle dialogues is, like, talking about the show Firefly. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, my cotton socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So It's good. It's so good. Was there anything that you were, like, I'm not the biggest fan of as far as mission goes? Um, not... I mean, not that really stands out to me just yet. Um, I don't like not having a sparrow. It makes you get getting... that. You know, you like if you get a sparrow, your characters you can equip it on a lower level character if you right. start a different one. Right. I I agree. I there's some of the missions were really too long to not like, have a sparrow. Yeah, that's I felt why... like I felt <coughs> it was like Lord of the Rings long. Yeah. Oh, it's like God. What am I in Morrowind? Like, uh-huh. like Jesus, it's not that bad because Jesus, no. that game, that game was terrible um, mm-hmm. for travel speed. Um, but yeah, that, that's like my only thing. Cause like destiny, I, I think it was like the f- second mission you got the sparrow back. I mean, and it, it makes sense. Like from a story perspective, it makes sense. Um, but that's one of my, my biggest pet peeves is like just not having my sparrow uh, just because I'm kind of, I like my sparrow. I do, I do, I, I found a way around that. I just steal the interceptors. Mm-hmm. I'm or like, I just, or the pike. Well, I haven't run into pikes just yet, but I've run into plenty of interceptors. So I just steal those. I'm like, fine. You're not going to give me my freaking sparrow. I'll oh. take one of yours. Did you do the mission, the little side adventure where you have to over with or, the interceptors? Where you have to what? You have to run them over with the interceptor. Uh, no, I have not. It's, it's on the uh, European Dead Zone. It's fun. It's a I'll lot of fun. To, it was I'll a good do that one. little mission. Though, though I do like, I do like the introduction to uh, vehicles. I think that the, yes. the mission where uh, I think it's uh, Utopia, I believe, was the one on Titan where you get the car that mm-hmm. it, it literally has no guns. So, mm-hmm. so my brother and I were playing, <laughs> we were like, we're just going to drive through everything. <laughs> like, uh-huh. We doubled back <laughs> because there were walls that we missed and we're like, Rah! we're going to run them over. I was like, I was like, that was, that was a lot of fun. I really, I really like, I, I like the PVE. I, I think they, they knocked it out of the park, you know? And that was, yeah. you know, I remember, I remember talking to everyone about the beta and everyone's like, Oh, you're kind of negative. I'm like, you're asking someone who doesn't play PVP to give you feedback on a beta. That is 95% PVP. PVP. Like, I mean, yeah, it, it, 
and I and I tried to preface that when I was giving feedback. It's like, look, I, I hate betas. I'm always rough on betas, um, mm-hmm. mostly because I understand why you're doing betas. Uh, it's it's not for gameplay. It's for system uh-uh. stress testing, which is why I participate in them. Um, because I'm, I'm ultimately, I view it as this is not for me to enjoy necessarily as much as me to make sure that the game that comes out is as good of condition as it can be. Um, which is a weird way to look at a beta. I understand that, but that's just the way I look at betas. Um, and, and my problem with betas is because of there being network stress testing, of course, they're going to be more oriented towards PVP because that's Mm -hmm. your heavy, that's your heavy network connections. Like that's when you have those network connections. Um, and I'm just not, I, if it's not, I'll be blunt. If it's not halo, I'm really not interested in the PVP. Like I just, I'm not. I've never really been Halo. Halo for me is my default PVP setting. Right. Uh, so, and, and, I mean, everyone, most people know that about me. So mm-hmm. I think as far as like my favorite missions, I, somebody in chat, I think it was pens said that their favorite were the subclass missions. I actually love the story in the subclass missions. I thought especially that the Gunslinger, and I know not everybody's played Gunslinger, but I thought Gunslinger was kind of lackluster in the actual fight. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. The thing with the Gunslinger one was that I could, I, I didn't realize until like the last half exactly how to use the pillar. I thought the pillars were would disappear, so I didn't stay in them. So pro tip, if you're doing the subclasses, stay in the freaking pillar because it doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere and you get an endless super. Um, I didn't realize that. I just, I thought it was like, cause like in the, uh, the arc strider one, the first one, they were, um, temporary. They, they like moved they, around. they yeah. moved around and they, they vanished and they moved around. And I thought that was going to be the same for the gunslinger. So that was for me was kind of like the confusing thing. I was like, wait, what's going on? Like, I don't, I'm, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but so like I'm I'm expecting the night soccer to be a little bit smoother because I I kind of know that mechanic now, um, right? But yeah, I can and, I can see I don't I don't know I think it was more about just practicing, I guess. Yeah, it is. It's just you get that the first mission with the arc strider and it's just intense. Oh my god, it's oh, I love it. But gunslinger was not. I don't know if it just wasn't difficult enough because I know how gunslinger works because i've already played gunslinger for years but i don't know it's just one of those things where i was just like eh, the story was good but the fight wasn't quite what i wanted it to be <laughs> i got my but throwing was- knife back so i don't care what you say yeah so i was like some- i got i unlocked that and i was like I'm back <laughs> i got it <laughs> i might have been now, really excited for that one something that i really like i like the fact that they don't have the factions available yet I actually love that fact. Eh. I mean, it's not like I don't know which faction I'm going to, so... <laughs> right. But here's the thing that I also that is also fun, is in the tower, there's scannables all over the tower, and they're not always in easy places to get to. Like, I had to crawl on pipes to get to a few of them, because they're like hiding places for Amanda Holiday or... Somebody else likes to go take, I can't remember who it was. There was another one that was on pipes that was in a, was not Amanda, that they were out in like, it's their secret spot or their hidey spot. Oh, that's cool. 
Mm-hmm. And they also that. talk about all the different factions. Like they talk about how Dead Orbit is like moody. I can't remember exactly. It was like moody poets type thing. <laughs> which I went, yep, pretty much. Um, <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. I'll take it. <laughs> but, some, but some of the different touches they put on the tower, like there's a giant traveler orb. That you can knock around like a little bouncy. Oh ball, yeah, have you like seen have you seen the video be? of all the guardians sacrificing themselves to keep it in the air? No. <laughs> oh That's my god, awesome. it's hilarious. So I guess I again not I don't have the I don't have access to the wall, but I guess there's a there's a a place that it like I don't, I don't know even how to explain, it, but there's like two overhangs over an empty space with a bridge or something. Mm-hmm. And I guess someone was playing with the big traveler ball and they knocked it over the empty air. And so mm-hmm. it started falling and like, it's, it looks like every single guardian in the social space just starts coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> they're jumping off and they're dying. Like they're, they're sacrificing mm-hmm. themselves. But every time one of them jumps off, it bumps the traveler ball back. Over. That's a and perfect analogy for what we do. It's just like a cut. I mean, I can't even remember. It's like 45 seconds of this just absolute nonsense of them just like all. I mean, there's got to be like, I, I can't, I mean, like eight or eight, six or eight guardians that are just like chain suiciding to get this ball back up onto the, the, the whatever the overhang patio. I was like, I was like, that is so accurate. Another one that I really, really like is the the fact that you can call your ship out and it's your ship and it looks exactly like your ship does in orbit, but you can call it out of the hangar. Oh, really? That's cool. Uh-huh. And then you can play soccer in the tower. You can also... Oh, you can play soccer a, in the tower or just in the farm? Mm-hmm. You can play it in the tower. It's in the hangar. Oh, And you knock cool. the ball off of the the wall or in the tower, off the tower, and... Um, at the end of it, you get real fireworks instead of flares. <laughs> hey, hey, look, we're making do with what we have, okay? <laughs> Plus, there's giant flaps that you can activate that are in the middle of the playing field, which the playing field is like twice the size of this. And you oh, activate man, the flaps hilarious. and it's just this giant. It's It reminds me of like if a bridge was going up because a boat was going under it oh, that's God. what it looks like so it's like the fan from the original uh-huh. tower oh that's hilarious. yeah i, I just lots the, of little things the pve aspect i think they just they they cranked it up to 11 in my opinion mm-hmm. i know i know that might not be everyone's thoughts but for me this really kind of just was like this is what i this is what i was hoping for uh, as far as like from a game mechanic standpoint, I mean, and like I said, you know, earlier in the episode, I think any, any of my, I guess you could call them complaints. Any of those are really just quality of life stuff that I could totally see being, I'm not going to say easily patched in, but able to be patched in like, you know, a, right. a configuration of UI on the map, mm-hmm. a configuration of UI on the, the menu. Um, that's really that's really my big things. I think another aspect that they did as far as the PVE really, really well, they made the game feel like a world instead of a game. Yes. Yes. And 
it, that sounds kind of weird to say, but it's in the fact that yes, everything that you do comes from a patrol mission standpoint, pretty much all your missions, all your quests, they start in patrol and you get into them from there, which makes it feel like it's an actual event happening rather than these episodes, like 30 minute will and grace episodes that we're trying to complete. I agree. Yes, I totally, I totally got it in there. I totally got it in there. One more point and I win. I think. Where'd the ball go? Did they already steal it? Oh, sad day. Uh This is, this is the most distracting thing about being in a social space is that it actually is fun to play with like, like it's not just a purple ball that randomly rose around, which I mean, rip, rip purple ball, but still, I mean, like. I can't wait until you do the floor is lava thing in the tower. Oh God. Cause you know, me. you're the thing that you did for this. I can't remember. It's like the sentry. Is that yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The scouting commander scouting commander. Like you do the same thing in the tower, but it's called the floor is lava. <laughs> yeah. Like, the thing that I've gotten out of all the raid and like, the things in PVP and the PVE is that they literally took their favorite games from when they were children and put it into the game somehow. Soccer, tic-tac-toe, floor is lava. I mean, all the fun little ones that you played when you and they just incorporated it some way, shape, or form. And I love that. I'm just I waiting for wizard's it. chess. Guardian Wizard's chess. chess. Oh, yeah, that would be kind of cool. I, that would be very interesting, actually. I need to actually watch the raid because I have not been able to focus on it so much because I can't bring it up on my computer at work. And so I have my phone. I down. I got YouTube Red and downloaded a couple different raid runs and just listened to it because sometimes they say things that's like, oh, okay, I got to go find out what that is. I got to go find out what that is. But I don't see what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you're not spoiling it for yourself? Kind of. Like, I kind of know the concepts behind each of the different steps rather than... I guess challenges because there's one challenge called the gauntlet and there's a thing with fans and there's a thing with dogs and there's like a tic-tac-toe thing, but yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, purple ball is back by the way. It's okay. Rip, rip OG purple ball. But I mean, I, I think that, I think that's a pretty good, summary of our first reactions and i know pen pen's kind of nailed you know knocked it out of the park with the email Mm -hmm. um as far as i i I really think that this is you know this is the i i like i said i think that they are going in the right direction i think there's a few quality of life things that i would like to see that i know a couple other people have made comments about and but the thing about quality of life adjustments is that's exactly what they are they're they're quality of life adjustments they're not like game breaking it's not like oh god it's it's gonna splinter the world because you know i I don't even know yeah because the the sun singer is breaking things again so here's something that I am both excited and terrified to do. I am terrified to do our next episode, which I know is in two weeks, not instead of 
instead of next week because of your work thing. Mm-hmm. I have been recording like crazy. Like every time I get on everything I do because of, I don't know what topic we're talking about. It's, because I don't uh, know yeah, I, I think we're doing, it looks like right now world lore. I think was last time it was, I looked, it was world lore, the introduction to the world lore, which would be a cool, I think that would be a good first topic. That's a pretty, like, just, like, where they came from type thing? Or, like, what uh, happened? Just, like, intro, like, intro to, like, what's going on with them, why they're significant in the game. Like, really basic intro stuff. Like, what is Io? What is Titan? Mm -hmm. What is Nessus? Other than horse people. Did you hear about NASA crashing? Yes. Yes. Uh, In, uh, uh, Cisnia? Cisnia? I can't remember. The ships yes. that they had up there forever, and that the reason they crashed it is because it ran out of fuel, and they didn't want it to run into any of the planets that could possibly house life to contaminate them. Yeah, and they wanted a closer look at the dreadnought. Yeah, that too. I mean, but obviously, I, I know, I know what's Titan really going was on. one of them. Titan was. One oh, of really? Them. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Titan the in Europa, I can see that. type things. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I. I I mean, I'm I'm thinking I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you guys if you guys have stuck around, um, definitely suggest. I know, I know this is a weird thing coming from me uh, because I swore for the longest time I wasn't going to get one, but this Prima guide um, it has some mm. really really fun little tidbits. Uh, I, I've I've been pleasantly surprised with the information, and it's it's mostly tact tact tactics like it's not i mean i'm not gonna say it's a lore bible like not by any means but there's there's a few little tidbits in it that are really kind of cool and um i think that's really awesome it also has a list of every single base weapon so also keep that in mind a fun thing is is that if you buy the prima guide a physical copy you can get a digital copy for free yes the collector's edition i think i don't know if you get the regular one if i don't know if the because like there's the paperback one and then there's the hard copy or hardback yeah, one it's it's a hardback one that you can get the yeah i know and that's the one that i got with a big picture of bife on it yeah me too it's like he's following us i know it's really really disturbing i i'm giving him grief for it but yeah so uh I guess that brings us to our final comments and our shout outs. Um, like I said, I, I, I really appreciate everyone letting us kind of do this episode because it's, you know, one of those free form episodes. I know we, we usually focus more on what you guys want to talk about, but I really, really wanted a chance and it gave me an excuse to kind of push myself to go play it. So I appreciate that. Um, Green, what about you? What, what shout outs do you have for us? Um, my shout outs this week goes, there's two of them and they're both to two different people. One being my wife, because she's actually let me play every night that I've gotten home from work. And nice. I've we been, appreciate I've it. Been, mm-hmm, and I've been good and I've been going to bed by like nine or 10 depending <laughs> on the evening. So she's been really sweet about that. So shout out to Julie on that one. And then my second shout out is to Mr. Penn's halo for being our kind of heading up a lot of the things that are going on. And I know Lou's probably going to talk about that a little bit here, mm-hmm. but yeah, Mr. Special man himself. Oh, and I guess I have a third person into Rhino 
Rhino666, who sent me an awesome hunter dagger that my apartment complex did not let me know I got in the mail. So he was out and he's like, did you get it? Or like, he sent pens after me. Like, did you get the thing? I was like, what thing? I was like, did you get the package? He's like, I don't know what package you're talking about. And he's like, it's from Rhino. I was like, oh, I know what package you're talking about. (laughs) But apparently my apartment doesn't alert me when it gets packages for me. If it's from, that's always fun. Yeah, that's really annoying because uh, United States Postal Service—they don't get leave a little note on your door, unlike FedEx and whatnot. But I have this amazing glow-in-the-dark green hunter knife that I have been like threatening my TV screen, patting it in my <laughs> hand randomly, <laughs> and two little bullets, which are fun to actually kind of gnaw on because I have an oral fixation but that's another psychological issue that i have anyway what's your shout out um twitter uh so we'll be we'll be announcing um obviously we won't we don't know what the topic is until the end of the poll for this weekend uh but i will be posting posting that over on twitter and then of course we'll be putting it up in discord i will i promise i will actually get the bot updated i apologize for everyone who was kind of confused this week because i forgot to update it um but we will get that all updated. So just keep an eye out on Twitter and Discord if you're not in either one of those places. We have those links over on our website, uh, which is just focusfirechat.com. But yeah, it's really, I mean, I'm, I'm just a really big, big shout out to both Damo and uh, Pins. They're, they're both, mm-hmm. you know, our new community, community managers. Big thank you to them uh rhino uh not not for a knife but actually he is kind of taking on a little bit more of the leadership the gunters so rhino is going to be kind of your gunter vanguard if you will uh Mm -hmm. and so he's he's going to kind of take that on a little bit and we really appreciate that that's that's an immense immense help um but yeah to do mind maps i can't I have to have something to pull from, from, and you guys are much better at organizing and pulling things together. I have stuff pulled together, but it's not organized yet. So good but, on yeah. you, and yeah, everyone's been really good on like reporting things. And if you have stuff that you're supposed to report, make sure you get into the Dropbox, get Rhino your email, so you can get access to the Dropbox, so you can put stuff in there. If you're in the Gunter group, Gunters. Mm-hmm. I'm calling you out a little bit. No, yeah. And if you're interested in joining those Gunters, please let us know in the Discord. We will get you added into that group. Um, and, you know, like Green's saying, they're they're very good at introducing the idea, walking you through the process and everything like that. I mean, it's pretty amazing uh, watching all that come together. But let's run through the outro real quick. And then I imagine we'll probably stay for a little bit of an after show. But okay. here we go. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for a live streaming of the episode each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new and improved www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast. And please, please, please let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes as well. Also, make sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. 
So, until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. Bye.